And mm-hmm. when this country is gone, almost like it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, when, when this country is gone. gone. Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about, Trump? The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is August 21st, 2020. This is episode 234. 234! And today, Cyborg Locusts. You know me, I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome back to another episode. Trying to live stream, always getting throttled. You know the so business. far so good. It's How are right. the speeds? How are the speeds looking today? Uh, it's okay. Three thousand eight hundred kilobytes per second. Not great. Okay. But Maybe if I put on this chapstick, it'll speed things up. <laughs> mm, there we go. Yeah. All right. Well, any uh, anything new in the world of Gonzo? Um, I, I think I pulled a back muscle getting out of the car and I feel really mm. old. I didn't do anything, uh. no quick movements, nothing. I just turned out of my car and back muscle spasm yeah. or something. The old, the old man syndrome. <laughs> the old man syndrome. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those what things that me? made me feel old. And then, you know, I look in the mirror and I start seeing the gray hairs and it's, uh, good times. Yeah. That's a good time. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, helping a buddy, um, uh, replace a roof on an RV a couple wow. days ago, and uh, the glue, the the adhe- I know. Well, yeah, it we got hot. into. It was a lot more than we expected. Yeah, it was hot. It was smoky. We were up there in the sun. It was brutal, and uh, we f- we figured out why a professional RV repair person, <laughs> you know, charges about five grand more than what, uh, what we put into this one. Um, it was a tough job and I'm still covered in glue. Uh, I can't get this glue Fun. off guns. Yeah, I know. So I have this sort of exoskeleton of glue all <laughs> over my legs and arms. I, I couldn't get it off. I can't wash it off. I can't, if, I mean, I haven't tried any like industrial solvents or anything, but I, uh, I ended up having to not shave, but, uh, clip some arm and leg hair off to get all this glue off of me. Just get a razor, you know, just, just go yeah, for it. Just go full swim team. Yep. yep. <laughs> shave the whole You can body. just tell your friends, you know, I was going to, going to go for, uh, yeah. some water records. This is to shave off a hundredth of a second. <laughs> I learned it from Michael Phelps. No, not yet. But there you go. So I'm just covered in glue. Still smoky out here. Still hot. And it's just the world we live in now. Awesome. Excellent. All yeah. right. Well, we have uh, a lot of things to get to. Not a lot of time. Yep. Yeah, we'll it's going to be a little bit shorter of a show. Oh, I do want to give a good reason for that, though. We were going to try to get uh, started closer to noon, but there was sort of a personal emergency that came up. So yeah. uh, we're getting started a little bit later and a uh, little bit shorter of a show. But we're here. We're making it happen. So let's get right into it, Gons, with that flippy update. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Okie dokie, everybody. So we're uh, we're talking about Flippy. If you don't know, Flippy is the colloquial name for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, uh, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. We use it as a conversation to uh, 
uh, you know, talk about robots and AI and how they're taking over the world. And we got to keep a close eye on those little rascals. Today, I'm coming at you from digitaltrends.com. And this uh, headline is Facebook's new embodied AI project aims to build a new breed of robots. Oh, great. Yeah. Facebook. Before you start. uh I, I, mm-hmm. I forgot to add the extra elements to the jingle, which is the Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? There Sorry. we go. Add, that that feels there. right. Yeah, that feels right. All right. And the article reads, Facebook wants to build an army of robot assistants that can wait on us in all kinds of new ways. Well, kind of. In fact, Facebook AI Research, the artificial intelligence research wing of the social networking titan, is hard at work on developing what it calls embodied AI. That will go way beyond the abilities of present-day voice interfaces like Siri, Alexa, or Google Assistant by carrying out tasks that allow them to operate in a physical environment. While most people think of AI agents as being disembodied chatbots, Facebook AI aims to change this by building systems that can perceive and act in the real world. Uh, Quote, we are still far from these capabilities, but you can imagine scenarios like asking a home robot, Uh, Can you go check if my laptop is on the desk? If so, bring it to me. Or the robot hearing a thud coming from somewhere upstairs and going to investigate where it is and what it is. Kristen Grauman professor of computer science at the University of Texas at Austin, who also works as a research scientist at Facebook AI Research, told Digital Trends. While Facebook's end goal may be a way off, it has already made impressive progress. On Friday, Facebook showed off some new work it had uh, it has been doing, such as Sound Spaces, an audio simulation tool that can produce realistic audio rendering based on room geometry, materials, and more. This could be used to help future AI assistants understand how sound works in the physical world. Another tool is an indoor mapping system, great, that could allow robots to better navigate unexplored terrain. To be clear, this research isn't just about building a physical robot version of AI assistants. The bots Facebook uh, is working on may also be able to sit on smart glasses. Imagine a next, next, next gen version of Microsoft's Clippy avatar, but with many more contextual smarts, I almost said farts, way more (laughs) contextual smarts and understanding than present generation AI assistants. For example, Facebook engineers want users to be able to ask questions like, where did I leave my keys? Or what was the dessert we had at the restaurant on Friday night? And And receive accurate responses. That means researching and developing capabilities for embodied AI agents, such as creating and storing memories, navigating from one place to another, understanding gravity and other reasoning about the world, planning next steps, and decoding dynamic human activities. Facebook isn't necessarily the first company uh, you think of when it comes to AI assistance, but it doesn't presently have one as ubiquitous as those made by Apple, Amazon, or Google. But it and its founder have certainly 
explored this area before. Back in 2016, CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced that he was building an AI capable of running his home. It seems those ambitions have rubbed off on the other people at Facebook if they weren't there before. That is, quote, Facebook AI is a leader in many of the subfields that embodied AI encompasses, spanning computer vision, language understanding, robotics, reinforcement learning, curiosity, and self-supervision, and more. Dhruv Batra, professor at the Georgia Tech College of Computing and Research Scientist at Facebook's AI Research, told Digital Trends, quote, it's a significant feat to make advances in each of these subfields individually and combining them in innovative ways enables us to push the field of AI even further. Facebook's collaborators on these various projects include the University of Texas at Austin, University of Illinois, Georgia Tech, and Oregon State. So there you go, Gon. Soon you will have your household assistant robots embodied rolling around your house. And just for good measure, we're going to connect it to Facebook so they can uh, gather up all the possible information they can about your life and use it against you in uh, advertising and other spy spying ways. This is like Zuckerberg's million eyes in your home just watching everything. And then you're going to yell, you're going to yell at it. Be like Zuckerberg, get out of here, you evil person. And he's going to go, I'm not capable of hatred. (laughs) The, um, the audacity of Mark Zuckerberg, and he's done this over and over, but the audacity of like, yes, we collect all of your information and sell it and use it and sell it to Cambridge Analytica and abuse, uh, (laughs) you know, all of the information that we gather from your life, but don't worry. We're not going to do that with our team, our army of robots inside your home. It's all going to be fine. Don't ask questions. Is this okay? So is this supposed to help you? I guess if you're remote, if you're in the office and you forgot your coffee cup at home, it's like, oh, robot AI Facebook overlord. Did I forget my coffee cup on the counter there? I mean, these examples are so mundane. Or if it's in the other room, get up and go look. You know what I mean? Like, why do you need? AI assistance to go get it for you or to see if you actually left it there. I, I just, I don't know. Gons, we're going to turn in, we have to turn into, uh, you know, the wally pudgy, squishy humans in floating chairs. We can't be going into the next room to <laughs> find our own coffee getting cup. up and walking around. What, what yeah. nonsense is this? This is, you know, inhuman. it's a little, dis- a little disturbing Gons. There's 66 viewers on Twitch. I see oh, 67. Yes. So, okay, good. I was going to say we need some more people to head over to the Twitch channel to get us off that, uh, that number that we, that we need to watch out for, but there you go. There's your flippy update. Watch out. Facebook's coming for you in your own home. Excellent. Well, we, uh, we have a few updates here to get to and, uh, we'll get through them fairly quickly here. The first update was a, a headline I saw this morning. 33 is the number of completion of the Great War. And also burn it all, which I should have ready here, but I don't. So burn it Yay. all. Uh, of course, California is burning. And uh, the headline here, at least five people have died and 33 are injured as major wildfires Ooh. burn through parts of California. Wow. It was just a matter of time before we got that signal. Yeah, and it's interesting because, of course, every other number mentioned here is rounded, you know? 
Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the five, of course, is you know the number dead. But then about one hundred seventy-five thousand people, very rounded, uh, have been ordered to evacuate from their homes in Northern California after fires burned through more than three hundred and fifty thousand acres, according to Cal Fire. One hundred seventy-five structures, including homes, have been destroyed, and around fifty thousand more are at risk. The fires come after a heat wave and amid the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, but yeah, thirty-three injured. There's no reason to even mention that but yeah you, uh, you know, maybe there is a all reason the, with all the fires and the smoke you know they they are recommending you stay in your home because the air quality is not uh, great mm-hmm. you know there's just another reason to Double. not uh, to comply yes. obey yeah obey obey stay in your cage stay inside obey yep yeah uh, we also have an update from uh, something we talked about in the last episode. Drone strikes yeah. have saved lives. Can we shoot them down if over our property? Drones. And uh, this is DefenseOne.com. An AI mm-hmm. just beat a human F-16 pilot in a dogfight again. Uh, in five rounds, an artificially intelligent agent showed that it could outshoot other AIs and a human. So what happens next with the AI in air combat? Um, I thought this was about the whole thing we reported on last time, but maybe it's not. But let's double check here. Never-ending saga of machines outperforming humans has a new chapter. An AI algorithm has again beaten a human fighter pilot in a virtual dogfight. The contest was the finale of the U.S. military's Alpha Dogfight Challenge, an effort to demonstrate the feasibility of developing effective, intelligent, autonomous agents capable of defeating adversary aircraft in a dogfight. Last August, DARPA selected eight teams ranging from large traditional defense contractors like Lockheed Martin to small groups like Heron Systems to compete in a series of trials in November and January. In the final on Thursday, so it is the the same one, Heron Systems uh, emerged as the victor against the seven other teams after two days of old school dogfights going after each other using nose aimed guns only Heron then faced off against a human fighter pilot sitting in a simulator and wearing a virtual reality helmet and won five rounds to zero. Oh yeah. The other winner in Thursday's event was deep reinforcement learning where an artificial intelligence algorithms get to try out a task in a virtual environment over and over again sometimes very quickly until they develop something like understanding, something like understanding deep reinforcement plays a key role in Heron systems agent, as well as Lockheed Martin's the second runner up. And it goes on here a little bit more, but uh, so there you go, Basil, the, uh, the AI one. And um, I thought this was happening in, in real life in the air, but I guess it's just a simulation. I know they try to sneak that in at the very end. So it's much more exciting to think that it's actually happening. But, but yeah, there you go. AIs, yeah, uh, they outdid the uh, the pilots. How do we know that the AI didn't manipulate the physics within the virtual reality to like take you know take advantage of it? You know what? We don't. <laughs> we don't know that. Yeah. Nobody could know that. Nobody could know. So there you go. Uh, AI fighter pilots just giving more credence to the idea that we don't need to drive our cars. The AI can do it for us and also pick up our keys according to Zuck. And I mean, the AI takeover <laughs> is real. Um, moving into on a here. New age. <laughs> yeah. New age. Oh, I should have that ready to go. The whole Trump new age thing. Do I have it? Do I have it? No, not, not ready fast enough. Uh, 
Next up, we have a story here. Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? This is NDSMCobserver.com. University to launch surveillance testing Friday. Surveillance testing on the Notre Dame student body will begin Friday. An email from the university COVID-19 response unit said Thursday. Can you, can you imagine all these universities having a COVID-19 response unit? <laughs> I think it's pretty ridiculous. Quote, surveillance testing involves testing a random selection of people from across campus to identify asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic individuals and help avert potential outbreaks before they occur, the email said. If a student is randomly selected to be tested, they will receive a text message the day prior to their appointment, informing them of the date and time they should report to the university testing center. Once at the UTC, students will be directed in a line specifically marked for surveillance. Afterwards, students are to return to their housing unit and await test results. Students who test positive are required to contact the COVID-19 response unit. Faculty and staff will be included in surveillance testing after the program is launched. So there you go. Anyone going to uh, uh, Notre Dame University there, uh, the Fighting Irish, you guys are all just a bunch of rats, lab rats. Mm, I do know somebody who goes there. I should check in with them. You should. You should Get let them know. boots on the ground report. Yeah. Who was the, uh, the apologist that was a professor there? I don't know if he's still a professor there, but, um, I don't know. What was his name? Not ringing any bells. Alvin Plantinga, I think was his name. I don't know if he's still there, but there you go. Christian apologist. Yes. Hmm. It was a very good one too. Uh, all right. So there you go. Notre Dame. And I'm sure this is, you know, just modeling what's to come to most universities out there. One more quick update here. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. <laughs> typo. Uh oh. This is a fun typo alert because it's not a typo within the article per se. In gadgets.com, a typo created a 212 story monolith in Microsoft Flight Simulator. Whoa. The, the building soars like a tower of Babel over a quiet Melbourne suburb. Mm. Uh, Microsoft's latest flight simulator entry doesn't do anything small. It's a title that comes on 10 DVDs and allows you to explore the world in, an, uh, in almost its entirety. It oh turns out that scale even extends to its accidental inclusions. Flight simulator users recently found an unusual landmark. A 212-story monolith towering over an otherwise nondescript suburb in Melbourne, Australia. There's a picture here. It just uh, <laughs> it looks like um, it looks pretty ridiculous, actually. Uh, but uh, it goes on here. After some sleuthing, the title com- titles community found what had caused the tower to appear in Flight Simulator when developer Asobo Studio built its detailed creation of the globe. They pulled data from the OpenStreetMap, a free map of the world to which anyone can contribute. About a year ago, a user named Nathan Wright 120 added a tag that said this one building in Melbourne had 212 floors instead of two. Based on their other contribution, it appears the edit was a simple typo, not them trying to mislead anyone. The error was later corrected by another OpenStreetMap contributor, but not before it made its way into Flight Simulator. 
Uh, we've reached out to Microsoft to find out if the company plans to remove the building from Flight Simulator, and we've updated this article, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, there you go. But uh, pretty funny how this ginormous tower uh, <laughs> appeared out created, of nowhere. Appeared out of nowhere, and that they would call it, the Engadget would reference it as uh, soaring like a Tower of Babel in this uh, Engadget article. That's so article. funny. Um, you know, we got a little note in the chat there that we had a last minute piece of art come into the uh, email. So okay. uh, you can grab that when you get the chance. I uh, It's funny. Everybody's talking about this Microsoft Flight Simulator thing. And of course, it's a little, uh, you know, it's a little disturbing. I don't know, a little hesitation there because uh, at least in the official story, the uh, the 9-11 hijackers had apparently done some training on uh, the version of Microsoft Flight Simulator that existed at the time. Uh, I don't know if that was ever redacted or not. That seems like something that they wouldn't want on the books, but that was part of the conversation at the time. But, you know, I, uh, <laughs> you know, I like to keep an eye on what the what the young people are doing, what the, what the trends, the trends are, <laughs> the, the social media memes. And recently, since this Microsoft Flight Simulator came out, there's been a meme going around uh, that I read this morning about the new way to cyber bully people is you fly a plane. So basically Microsoft Flight Simulator, the maps are based on, you know, like Google Maps. So you can actually find right. you, find your own house yeah. uh, on the flight simulator. And right. I guess the new cyberbullying is you fly a plane into somebody's house on the flight simulator <laughs> and you send them a picture of it. It's just pretty threatening, but yeah. uh, you know, it's all in, it's all in good fun. It's, At least it's not I guess for we've had enough we've had enough time between 9/11 and now that you can actually make jokes about flying planes into people's houses. Um that's all I had about that. Fun. Yep. So yeah. there you go. Super high the tower. Kids, man. The, the kids, kids, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, but you know, that's the one thing that's really interesting about just, you know, us creating or contributing to the virtual workspace or virtual mirror of the real world. Anything we anything we uh mistakenly put in there it's it's gonna you know replicate and it's gonna right. be in there and uh i just think it's kind of funny the human error is not eliminated with this process and uh with the with the the onset of everything going block, 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 blockchain it's gonna be even more important that we don't make mistakes because once it's on the blockchain you can't change it and if you have certain information that's a mistake and it's on there forever you can amend it, Gons. You can amend it. 51% your attack. Your, your blockchain alarmism has no place here. Yeah, you've um, got to take over half, over half the computer <laughs> network. <laughs> okay, I want to give uh, one quick uh, spur-of-the-moment update here. Okay. I do want to let everybody know, in case there's anybody listening who is planning on becoming a producer, uh, the producer list for today is very short. So if you want to come in last minute and uh, bolster that producer list, become a producer for today's show, uh, now's the time to do it. You've, we've got a couple articles before the break so if you want to become a uh, you know join the short list of producers for today's show you can head to patreon.com slash ccnt um, or you can go to canarycryradio.com slash support join up help support the show it's the only way we keep doing what we're doing um, but you got a few minutes if you're thinking about becoming a producer today is a great day to do it 
Um, and we'll pop those links into the chat in case you need a little shortcut there. Again, that's patreon.com slash CCNT or canarycryradio.com slash support. Um, okay, let's jump into our first official story, Gons. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Space Pope Reptilian. Walk to I don't think it's uh, a coincidence, Gons, that the our Wakchin uh, jingle. I I always think it's saying blockchain. <laughs> That's your problem, bro. There might be might be something there. Got blockchain on the brain, I guess. Okay. All right. This is coming from Fox10Phoenix.com, a local Fox affiliate down there in Phoenix, and the article is headlined Pope Francis says rich can't get priority for vaccine poor need help okay let's see what he's got to say about this oh he froze up right as we were he was about to read are you still there oh 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 i'm gonna go ahead and read the article while i figure out basil's demise on this episode um i don't know if he's gonna realize that he's not on until later Pope Francis on Wednesday warned against any prospect that rich people would get priority for a coronavirus vaccine. Quote, the pandemic is a crisis. You don't come out of it the same, either better or worse, Francis said, adding improvised remarks in his planned speech for his weekly public audience. You there? There we go. Dude, we have got to upgrade your hardware over there or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. Something. Something. I know. Okay. Here we go. All right, so I was, uh, you're just going to read the whole thing over again? Because I was where, already, where, Where'd you get? Uh, I got to the quote where he says, we must come out better from the COVID-19 pandemic, the Pope said. That's right. After the COVID-19 pandemic, the Pope said the world can't return to normality if normal means social injustice and degradation of the natural environment. Francis said, quote, how sad it would be for the COVID-19 vaccine priority is given to the richest. The quote continues, it would be sad if this vaccine were to become the property of this nation or another rather than universal and for all the pontiff added without indicating any particular country he also said it would be scandalous if all the economic <laughs> assistance in the works most of it using public funds ends up reviving industries that don't help the poor or the environment quote the pandemic has laid bare the difficult situation of the poor and the great inequality that reigns in this world the pope said in his speech and the virus while it does doesn't take exceptions among persons has found its path devastating great inequalities and discrimination francis said adding and it has increased them throughout the pandemic many poor who often have jobs that don't allow them to work from home have found themselves less able to shelter from possible contagion during stay-at-home strategies enacted by many nations to reduce the contagion rate access to the best health care for the poor is often impossible in many parts of the world Francis said response uh, to the pandemic must be twofold. On one hand, quote, it's indispensable to find the cure for such a small but tremendous virus that brings the entire world to its knees. On the other hand, quote, we must treat a great virus, that of social injustice, of inequality, of opportunity, of being marginalized and the lack of protection to the weakest, Francis said. 
Francis has dedicated much of his papacy to highlighting the plight of those living on life's margins, saying societies must put them at the center of their attention. Noting how many are eager to return to normality and resume economic activity, Francis voiced caution, quote, Sure, but this normality must not include social injustices and degradation of the environment. Uh, quote continues, Today we have an occasion to build something different. For example, we can grow an economy of integral development of the poor and not of welfare the pope said Mm, interesting so there you go pope coming out uh you know of course there's an issue that we've pointed out for a while especially given the situation of the vaccines uh i don't know efficacy and safety of course they're gonna you know give the poor uh the first round of vaccines because you know you got to test if it's safe you're going to test that on the poor before you test it on the rich so that's kind of a double-edged sword um you know with all the testing right now mostly being done in uh, places of the world that are uh, economically disadvantaged and you know sadly if the vaccine goes sideways in those situations uh, the establishment is fine with putting those people at risk uh, and then even of course in that is you know the uh, massive testing going on on uh, you know in Africa specifically even against the wishes of some of those African countries. This is why Gates gets kicked out of countries because he tests untested vaccines on poor people. But anyways, there you go. The Pope says uh, the rich cannot be the first ones getting the vaccine. I'm sure that plays in well to the whole plan. I do think it's interesting at the end here, uh, his quote saying, today we have an occasion to build something different, of course, talking about some new world order stuff. For example, we can grow an economy of integral development of the poor and not of welfare, which was an interesting angle to take for the Pope. Uh, this Pope being specifically, you know, politically liberal and uh, gaining a lot of, you know, social justice points with the social justice warriors. But he's talking about, you know, building an economy back that uh, integrates development of the poor and not of welfare, which is, I think, an, an interesting distinction to make. And uh, also one that I think, uh, you know, of course, uh, the conservative idea being, you know, putting people on welfare doesn't help them in the end. Uh, but the Pope talking about here building some sort of system that uh, integrates development of the poor, whatever exactly that means. I'm not even sure exactly, but uh, leaning away from the welfare uh, idea. He's yeah. gonna. He, be, he better be careful. He might lose some points with his social justice team. I don't know about that. I mean, he's he's coming at it from the socialist perspective. I mean, he he sure. is our first sort of socialist, openly socialist uh, pope there. Um, but you know what I found interesting is that you know one of the things that you learn as a follower of jesus is there for a second, a, you know, taking care I'm of the sure poor carrying and, needy. And, and it's a you know pretty common thing you you are taught and are talked about in, in churches and you know even from a young age you you, know, you hear about going to the homeless shelters and and doing that that whole thing you know taking care of the marginalized and all that i just think it's fascinating how that whole premise is kind of hijacked in this vaccine conversation Oh, did I lose him again? I think I lost Basil. Check, check. All right. 
All right, Gons, I think this is it. We must, we must upgrade you over there. I know. I, I just did an update on all the stuff and I think it broke my Skype because it's. I think it might, I think it's a, my, I think it's a networking issue, but we, it must become a priority. This is becoming untenable. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's bad. Okay. All right. Uh, but we're back now. Yeah. So what I was basically saying was that we, when we're in church, we, we hear a lot about, you know, helping out the poor and the needy and, and taking care of them, taking care of the marginalized. And I just think it's interesting that Pope Francis would use that sentiment in this conversation about vaccines to be like, oh, hey, we have to take care of the poor, the needy. We got, we got to make sure that they have access to this vaccine and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, you know, it, it just echoes a lot of what we read about in uh, Revelation 13. And you talk about the mark of the beast and how it's, something that's issued specifically to anybody. And, you know, the, the second beast required all people, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive the mark and, and so on. And it's to buy and sell. You got to have it to buy and sell. And I'm not saying the vaccine is the mark of the beast or isn't the mark of the beast. We've had this discussion already. And I know some people are just flat out saying it is and that, you know, there's RFID chips in the vaccine plan and all this kind of stuff. I haven't seen hard documentation for that. Uh, we've talked about the quantum dots and the Luciferese and all that kind of stuff. And certainly it's all of a concern. Um, but uh, it, it just interesting to me how the Pope, uh, you know, being somebody that doesn't necessarily seem to, to represent the, the basics of Christianity, of course, with the papacy sort of uh, moving away from it. I don't know, a long time ago, maybe even sure. like from the beginning. But uh, I just think it's interesting how it echoes some of that Revelation 13 Mark of the Beast type of language. And I don't know, do they just not think it's that's what it is? Or like, do they just, uh, you know, does the Pope just believe that he's doing this for good? It's just a very that's crazy strange, talk, Gons. Yeah, I know. It's Yeah, I know. That's some crazy conspiracy <laughs> talk there. I will, I I will not have it. Well, it's, it is one of those issues where it, it just seems very convenient that this thing that suddenly took over the world, this uh, flu yeah. that uh, has shut down the world economy is, is now being touted with this vaccine that's supposed to solve it is, you know, you got you to gotta give it to the poor people. Come on. Yeah. You know, you know, what's fascinating about this too, is it's really just one big virtue signal. It is. Because if you think about it, I mean, even just on a logical level, use logic, take your emotions out of it. Of course you want poor people to get a vaccine in the worldview that the vaccine is, you know, what we need. Um, but like, when has there ever been a vaccine that wasn't offered to poor people? I mean, they're the main uh, group of people to pay for a vaccine. You can't, you can't make money selling a vaccine just to rich people. It doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, you know, you're cutting out 99. I mean, literally, you're, if you talk about the 1% thing, I mean, if you're in uh, a Western country like the UK and America, just being there, even at the lowest level of poverty, you're still in like the top 4% of wealth in the world. 
You're not going to make money as a vaccine company if you only sell your little vaccine to rich people. You're going to sell like maybe, you know, a million vials when really you're trying to sell, you know, billions of vials. So it doesn't even economically make sense. This is total virtue signaling. Yeah, but a lot of the a lot of vaccine companies make their money from you know, just issuing it. And, and a lot of like the flu vaccines, you know how they hand it out for free, especially like the seasonal one. It's yeah. free for everybody. And who's Subsidized. making all that cash? Who's making yeah. all that money? It's, it's the big, you know, it's the big, uh, the pharma well, companies. That's what I'm saying. And, so, and especially since we've prepaid, yeah. you know, a half a billion dollars for these vaccines, there's no reason to say this. Of course, this vaccine is going to be <laughs> issued, you know, made available to poor people. This is just a silly thing to say. Yeah. 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 And it's, it is sort of, uh, it's almost like making sure that those who have invested in the vaccine will, will make their money, you know, yeah, like, Oh, exactly. we got to make sure the poor people get it, you know, wink, wink to the, yeah, to this the big is, vaccine uh, companies. Yeah. This is a uh, insider trading. It you is. Know? It kind of is. Cause you know, the, stage. I mean, I don't have the docs right in front of me and you know, I, I don't have any hard evidence in front of me, front of me, but it wouldn't take much to discover, you know, what stake the Vatican has in, in, in big pharma companies, which, you know, just on the basic level of logic, certainly they have a big, Oh no. Okay. It's definitely my computer because anytime I try to do anything, it's shutting down Basil's call. So you there? Yeah, it's kind of fun. Now I can, uh, you know, when I realize that our Skype is disconnected, I can just tune in and watch the Twitch and see how you handle it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's it's my side too because anytime I click on anything internet related, it just shuts down Skype and it's, it's yeah shutting down. Sounds the call. like it. We need to we need to get you some bigger pipes over there. Or something. If not, your, yeah. I'm still convinced it's your network, but it's okay. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, should we move on to the next story? Yes, let's do it. This is uh, going to be... Are you ready to become cyborg? And the beast system, which I thought I got I had ready. I'm, I'm really not doing well today on my jingles. <laughs> it's a hard day, Speaking man. Of the beast system. Beast, 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 beast system. This is Futury.org. Headline, Cyborg Locusts Could Sniff Out Bombs. Ooh. Yeah. It says here, in a new study, they found locusts can quickly discriminate between different explosives smells. I think they could have written that better. If you want to enhance a locust to be used as a bomb-sniffing bug, however, there are a few uh, technical challenges that need solving before sending it into the field. Is there some way to direct the locust to tell it where to go to do its sniffing? And because the locusts can't speak yet, <laughs> it actually says that in parentheses yet. <laughs> Great. Is there a way to read the brain of these cyborg bugs to know what they're smelling? For that matter, can locusts even smell explosives? Yes and yes to the first two questions. Previous research has demonstrated both the ability to control the locusts and the ability to read their brains, so to speak, to discern what it is they are smelling. And now, thanks to new research, the third question has been settled. The answer again is yes. In a pre-proof paper in the journal Biosensors and Bioelectronics X, 
Researchers showed how they were able to hijack Locust's olfactory systems uh, to both detect and discriminate between different explosive scents, all within a few hundred milliseconds of exposure. They were also able to optimize a previously developed biorobotic sensing system that could detect the locusts firing neurons and convey that information in a way that told researchers about the smells the locusts were censoring. Quote, we didn't know if they'd be able to smell or pinpoint the explosives because they don't have any meaningful ecological significance, said Barani Rahman, professor of biomedical engineering at Washington University in St. Louis. Quote, it was possible that they didn't care about any of the cues that were meaningful to us in this particular case. Previous work in Rahman's lab led to the discovery that the locust olfactory system could be de- decoded as in or off ands or or of ands logical operation. This allowed researchers to determine what a locust was smelling in different contexts. With this knowledge, the researchers were able to look for similar patterns when they exposed locusts to vapors from TNT, DNT, RXD, PETN, and ammonium nitrate, a mm. chemically diverse set of explosives, the one that was uh, allegedly involved in that huge explosion uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, but most surprisingly, Rahman said, quote, we could clearly see the neurons responded differently to TNT and DNT, as well as these other explosive chemical vapors. With that crucial piece of data, Rahman said, we were ready to get to work. We were optimized. I don't want to hear that ever for a human. We're Mm -hmm. going to optimize you. Now they knew that locusts could detect and discriminate between different explosives, but in order to seek out a bomb, a locust would have to know from which direction the odor emanated. Enter the, quote, odor box and locust mobile. Quote, you know when you're close to the coffee shop, the coffee smell is stronger, and when you're further away, you smell it less. That's what we're looking at, Rahman said. The explosive vapors were injected via a hole in the box where the locust sat in a tiny vehicle. As the locust was driven around <laughs> and sniffed different uh, concentrations of vapors, researchers studied its odor-related brain activity. The signals in the bug's brains reflected those differences in vapor concentration. The next step was to optimize the system for transmitting the locust's brain activity. The team, which included Shan- uh, Shantanu Chakrabarty, a professor in the Department of Electrical and Systems Engineering, and Srikanth Singamanini, professor in the Department of Mechanical Engineering and Material Science, focused the breadth of their expertise on the tiny locust. In order to do the least harm to these locusts, and to keep them stable in order to accurately record their neural activity, the team came up with a new surgical procedure to attach electrodes that didn't hinder the locusts' movements. With their new instrumentation in place, the neuronal activity of a locust exposed to an explosive smell was resolved into a discernible odor-specific pattern within 500 milliseconds. Quote, Now we can implant the electrodes, seal the locust, and transport them to mobile environments. Rahman said, one day the environment might be one in which Homeland Security is searching for explosives. The idea isn't as strange as it might first sound, Rahman said, quote, this is not the f- uh, this is not that different from in the old days when coal miners used canaries, he said. Ooh. People use pigs for finding truffles. It's a similar approach using a biological organism. This is just a bit more sophisticated. 
So there you go. Cyborg uh, locusts could sniff out bombs. It's interesting how they kind of just, you know, uh, quickly went over the, eh, we figured out a real easy way to set up a neural implant on these locusts without harming them too much and just move on, you know, ne- part, next part of the experiment. Let them, yeah. uh, let them search out the snail smells of, uh, explosives just like canaries in the coal mine so yeah that's pretty crazy wow a whole swarm of those little buggers yeah Um, they certainly have enough locusts to experiment on i mean i don't i haven't gotten an update in a few weeks about the swarm of locusts where was it in the middle east yeah or was it africa i forget where Uh, it it was both i think we've, we've reported on both over the last year and they were good. China was raising like a million ducks to go eat the locusts. I think they were talking about eating the locusts themselves too. Oh yeah. Delicioso. <laughs> uh, oh. and, and of course this brings up the, uh, revelation nine conversations, uh, where in revelation nine, starting in uh, verse three and out of the smoke, locusts descended on the earth and they were given power like that of the scorpions of the earth. They were, mm-hmm. But you know what's interesting? They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And uh, so, again, this is one of those issues where God sort of told these locusts, locust army thing, which is mentioned again in Joel uh, chapter two, you know, you, can't, you can only harm certain people. You can't harm those with the seal of God on their foreheads. And uh, this is like kind of the... <laughs> the opposite in a sense, you know, like, Hey, we're going to control right. the locusts to, to uh, do our bidding. And so it's very fascinating to, to see how mankind is stepping on the building blocks of life as God had intended. And even perhaps using some of these uh, methodologies and technologies to play God. And that's basically what this is with all those bio robotics and everything. The conversation has really moved on from that. We, you know, when I first started looking at this 2010 ish, the, 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 the uh, sentiment among believers was that this type of thing is man trying to play God. And that was brought up a lot and mentioned a lot. And now it's just kind of like, we kind of moved on from that, that idea. I think people still think that, but we we don't say it as much, you know, we're just kind of like, what's the next thing they're doing with the bio robot mechanical, whatever. And, um, but really when it comes down to it, that's exactly what they're doing. They're basically trying to play God controlling nature, means uh controlling everything right so yeah and you know it's interesting too this whole uh concept of harnessing um animals in order to you know help out with human uh objectives yeah yeah of course you've got things like dog uh, you know drug or bomb sniffing dogs you know we've been working alongside animals for a while but this is uh taking it to a whole new level you know messing with the the biology turning these locusts into cyborgs in order to uh do our bidding is kind of a whole i'm trying to figure out how a swarm of explosive sniffing locusts is more effective than whatever current uh, <laughs> ways we have of doing this. How, how exactly does it help to have a swarm of locusts doing this job? Yeah, that's a good question, especially since, well, maybe it's just because there's a, a little more of a, it's, it's piggybacking on the biological aspects of animals or, you know, insects. Cause right. then you don't have to build from the ground up. You don't have to build every layer of the, 
of the biological stack. You know, you can just kind of piggyback on what these animals already have and just sort of figure out what uh, little yeah. things we need to know from it. And, uh, and what know. is this? You, you just kind of set them free in an area and they just kind of automatically go about their lives. But then when they smell the explosives, we get a, I guess it's kind of like a, a broad net, you know, you're casting a broad net yeah, and letting the, you know, a swarm of these little suckers go out and do the job for you. Are, are they controllable to the effect of like, okay, you're done with your job. Come back into your locust cage. Well, that's what I was saying. I don't think they're <laughs> controllable. You know, I don't think they can control the locust per se. They can just tell, you know, they get the signal if the locust is smelling an explosive. So it really is just, you know, making a bunch of cyborg locusts and then setting them free. And then if they just happen to sniff some explosives during their daily life, <laughs> then you, we, you we get find to out kind of, about it. Yeah, you're kind of eavesdropping on what the locust is already doing. Oh, another drop. And I didn't even do anything. I didn't hit anything this time. So, all right. Okay, let me close that. Hello? Check one, check two. Oh, there you are. Ooh, you're coming in real hot, too. Ooh, nice. Okay. Nice and hot. All right. Anyways, there we go. I think we got the locust. Yep. <laughs> we got the locust. <laughs> we got it. Um, Gons. Uh, when I was, oh, there we go. Now it's suddenly working. So strange. The whole internet is strange today. All right. Well, sounds good. So for time's sake, do we want to uh, thank some producers? Let's do it. We got a couple more stories and then we'll be out of here. That's right. Okay. So don't go anywhere, anybody. We are going to uh, take a quick break. Thank some producers. And then uh, we got some more stories after the break that you are not going to want to miss. We got uh, a crisper update. Uh, talking about bugs, man, we've got a bunch of mosquitoes getting released. We I need know. to keep a, keep an eye on these guys. And then uh, just one more little QAnon update, but I think it's going to be interesting. Um, so there you go. Stick around after the break. But uh, until then, time to thank some producers, Gons. Come on, take a break. Okie dokie. Well, I do got to say, I'm glad I mentioned something at the top of the show. Uh, We had a very short list of producers for today, but uh, many of you heeded the call. So we have a a little bit longer of a a producer list today, which we are very happy about. Now, if you don't know what we're talking about, here's the thing. We work on the value for value model, which means we create the show, we put it out there, we do as good of a job as we can, and we do it as consistently as we possibly can. And uh, if you guys get any value out of the show whatsoever, you have the opportunity to put value back in. It's a nice Nice little, nice little ecosystem, keeping the show going, and uh, you know, really, it's like a, it's like we're a nice little tribe of people who are uh, seeking out the truth. And the reason we do it this way is because uh, a lot of media producers, content producers, whatever you want to do. The holy grail of podcasting especially used to be advertising. And if you could advertise on your show, you know you really made it. But here's the problem. Uh, The advertising model is responsible for a lot of the nastiness that we see in the world. Uh, Sensationalism, alarmism, fake news. I mean, even down to the mainstream media, 
they got to sell ads. You know, they got big pharma companies to keep happy. And the problem is when you're a podcaster and you start taking advertising dollars, you are then pressured to become brand safe, which means not talking about certain things, focusing on other, you know, things that might not be as important. And, uh, you know, trying to keep the advertisers happy because they uh, sign your paychecks. And so that takes away a little bit of the integrity It makes uh, sustaining integrity a little difficult, but it also uh, encourages podcasters like us to see our listeners, our audience as a commodity to be sold uh, to advertisers for our own personal gain. And that's just not cool. I don't, we just decided a long time ago, we don't want to think of you, dear listeners, as uh, dollar signs that we get to, you know, sell your your trust and your attention uh, for our own personal gain. So we do the value for value model, which means you Get the opportunity to come in, support the show financially, as well as a bunch of other ways. And uh, because of that, this is the real world. If you help pay for a piece of media, you are now a producer, not just a donor. So we appreciate that very much. And we are here to thank some producers. First of all, patreon.com slash ccnt for canary cry news talk it's the easiest way to go ahead and support us and uh gons we've got one new uh producer over here on patreon.com slash ccnt and they are i question everything 97 so thank you very much Thank you very much. I question everything. 97, you are in the right place. Now, let me hop over to patreon.com slash canarycryradio, uh, an alternate Patreon account for us here. Um, And yes, we've got one uh, producer over there, patreon.com slash canarycryradio. And that is David. Thank you very much, David. You guys are the best. Now, remember, uh, Patreon is a great way to support us. But if you don't like Patreon, a lot of people don't. That's okay. Uh, They've had some problems in the past. We also have CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. We've got PayPal options over there. You can do a a monthly recurring uh, producership, or if commitment's not your thing, you can go ahead and do a one-time support in any amount. There's also cryptocurrency and all sorts of fun ways to support the show. Gons, uh, I know we had a couple people come in over the show, but uh, who do we got supporting over at CanaryCryRadio.com slash support? Uh, well, I have a couple written down, but I'm I'm refreshing the PayPal here, and it is not coming in quite. Oh, there it is. Okay, so we have uh, coming in from the top of the show here. We have Justin coming in. Thank you, Justin. Justin, thank you, Justin. And we also have Charlene coming in at thirty three dollars. Producer Charlene, thank you very much. We claim thirty three, uh, and also. We have a new recurring supporter, Mitch. So thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Mitch. And we also have John coming in with another $33. 
dollar producer producer support. So thank you for everybody. Charlene, producer Charlene was one that came in during the show. Yeah, Charlene and Justin both came in during the show. So and Justin, oh yeah, I see that now. Okay, beautiful. Well, thank you guys so much. I believe that concludes our uh, list of producers for today's show. Two hundred and thirty-four. We'll keep an eye on that. If anybody else comes in during the show, we'll give you a shout out uh, by the end there. But thank you guys very much. We can only keep doing this show with the support of our producers. It's really a team effort. You know, this is not a passive uh, show, not just a passive podcast to, to tune in on. You know, it really takes a whole village to keep this thing going. And we appreciate the support of our producers very much. If you're in the chat, make sure to thank uh, your producers, because they are the ones keeping the show going. Charlene, Justin, uh, Mitch, John, uh, who am I forgetting? David, I question everything 97. Uh, I think that's everybody. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Now, remember, you can also become a producer of the show by, uh, you know, creating content. And the content is uh, we've got many talented artists who create show themed art uh, that we'll show here in a second. Also, jingles. We play a lot of jingles on this show, and many of them are created by producers of the show. Um, and songs. At the end of the show, we have the Canary Cry mixtape with a lot of great uh, shows. Show-related songs that uh, you can hear at the end of the show. Gons, do we have any new creative works coming in from producers? Uh, no jingles coming in, but we do have one from Ali. One art, please. Okie dokie. <laughs> what do you got? And today, this came in right during the show. This is the one you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a... I forgot the name of it here. It was labeled in the email from... You can pull that up. Everything is slow on my computer, so... Yeah, I'll pull it up here. Let's see. Technical difficulties this morning. Uh, Predictive programming, this one's called. Ah, there we go. Yes, and it's got... uh, Oh, God. (laughs) It's happening. uh, Two people. right, the romance. The romance. Fictional romance going on. You have, uh, I presume, Basil... With the googly eyes wearing a shirt. I do like how Ali makes me so muscular. I'm appreciating. <laughs> uh, with a cat with, I think that's uh, uh, Monty on top yes, of the, your head. Yes. Two cats his... there. One with extremely uh, sharp, long claws that <laughs> look very painful. And the other Monty wearing a virtual headset there. And oh yeah, and <laughs> I like this. Uh, Mary, marry me, Basil has hashtag marry me, Basil on their shirt. I have hashtag I did. Okay, we're living in a in a fantasy here. <laughs> Keep that in mind, folks. Um, <laughs> but Basil is saying he is scratching my arm very badly, and <laughs> true to life, that cat does scratch my arm very badly. Thank you very much, Allie. Great artwork as usual. Um, what is I think Mary Me Basil is holding a can of cat food there. Yeah, okay. Gotta gotta keep those suckers fed. <laughs> Get all the details in. <laughs> yes. All sorts of important details. Well, there you go. Thank you very much, Allie. She's Gazel and Bonds in the chat. Uh, we appreciate that very much. We will post this art along with the show notes at canarycrynewstalk.com. Make sure to check it out. Um, okay. Anything else, Gons, for this break? Uh, I think we were going to do a couple reviews 
that people oh, were yeah. reading up, and oh, yeah, we didn't yeah, do yeah. the Twitch names either today. Oh, you're right. Wow, we did just jump right into producers. Okay, one, another great way to support the show, and you know, I, it's hard for me to explain just how important this is. Um, there are algorithms that suggest our show to people who have never heard it before, and those algorithms are almost exclusively based off of ratings and reviews by you, dear listeners. So we ask that as often as possible, uh, you, the listeners, can leave ratings and reviews uh, most helpful on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or you know any of those podcast platforms. Uh, you know, rate it. That's the number of stars and reviews. Leaving a little uh, little paragraph there, and we got one from Joyful One, who says two thumbs up. Canaries were used in mines to detect when high levels of toxic gases were present. This was a warning to all and saved many humans li- human lives at the cost of the canaries. Basil and Gons are two friends willing to put aside their chance at being bazillionaires. That's true. So we fellow canarians can live fat and sassy. There you go. Well, thank you very much, Joyful One. We also had another one coming from... Oh. There's a that that was not finished. Live fat and sassy. Thank you to the dynamic duo of podcasting. Keep up the good work. Soon you will be hearing quote. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Well, thank you very much. A joyful one. We appreciate that. And that was a five star review. We've got another one from Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil, 1984. Five stars says, great show. I love the show. I really like the way you guys talk about the current events and news from a Christian truther point of view. My favorite jingle is It Will Kill. It Will Kill. (laughs) Nice. I loved that show when I had cable. So very good. Thank you very much, Tom Bombadil, 1984. And hopefully those uh, t- those reviews will spur some algorithms to share the show some more. We have no control over that. That is all you guys, uh, listeners. So if you can, take a second. Search out uh, Canary Cry News Talk on Apple Podcasts or anywhere. It'll let you leave a rating and a review. And please do that. It is extremely helpful. And then lastly, we're kind of doing it backwards today, but uh, that's okay. Uh, I want to thank some of our new Twitch followers. It's very helpful. Also, when you guys follow us on Twitch, it's helpful when you follow us anywhere. Uh, But Twitch specifically, we're trying to get those numbers up. And Gons, you got your dinger ready? Yep. Ready to go. Okay. Here we go. Some new followers. Ugly Ohio. Thank you very much. This one's great. This one came in. This person was on top of the ball this show. New uh, Twitch user, Basil's Glue Exoskeleton. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Fast on the uptake on that one. Thank you, Basil's Glue Exoskeleton. Then we have Ginger Lopez. Thank you very much. Uh, Q2V8A9I9. (laughs) Thank you. I'm trying to figure out if that spells something. I'm... It's just too slow right now. I can't figure it out. But thank you for the follow. Judy Forfed. Uh-oh. Is it Judy for the feds? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Watch out, Judy. <laughs> we got Scamp70. Guy Glass. Don't push him. Nug- Nuglets. Luar. Seedy Nose. Gummy Feral. Uh, Walmark Zuckerberg. 
<laughs> That's good. Um, and I'm having a hard time remembering where we stopped last time. Be happies. And I think that's it. That's all of our new Twitch followers. Thank you very, very much for following on Twitch. You guys are the best. Ooh, I hear a cat trying to break into this room. Yeah, I, I locked her out of the office uh, for this show, thinking I'll hopefully don't get scratched. She doesn't sound happy. Yeah, she might find, she might pick the lock and find her way in. But thank you to all of our producers, all of our artists, and all of our followers. You guys are the best. Gons, I think it's time to wake up. Uh, real quickly, that night wind. Continue. Mm-hmm. Thank you for hitting ah, the timestamps. Yes. Appreciate yes, it. Thank you very much. That night wind. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey y'all, wake up! Wake on up. Wake okay, up. guns. What do you think? You want to do this one or me? Uh, you can do it as long as okay. I can hit the jingle. Which hold on, loading, 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 loading. Ah, here we go. Yes, this is a this is a CRISPR story. Mm. Okay. Can't take the CRISPR. Okie dokie, here we are. We're talking over at theweek.co.uk. The article is titled 750 Million Genetically Modified Mosquitoes to be Released in Florida Keys. We've been kind of following this um, GMO bug, specifically mosquito project. It's been going on for a few years, but let's uh, catch up with the story here. More than 750 million genetically modified mosquitoes will take wing over the Florida Keys after the U.S. government approved plans to start releasing them into the wild next year. This is not the time. This is 2020 <laughs> is not the year to do it. I guess they're set to go next year. So they've, they must be pretty confident that things will settle down, but yeah, we already got COVID. We already got locusts and fires and race wars and, uh, an election, all this nastiness. We do not need to be releasing genetically modified mosquitoes. <laughs> Wait for it to settle Why down. Not? Okay. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Let's get into it. Quote, British-based firm Oxitech, great, has designed the project to test whether the altered mosquitoes are viable alternative to pesticides. Why is this British-based firm <laughs> testing their mutant mosquitoes in Florida? In Florida. So test them on your own dang island, man. <laughs> Sky News reports the aim is to control and prevent the spread of diseases, including Zika and dengue. The modified mosquitoes, all of which are male, produce female offspring, which never leave the larval stage. A protein carried by their DNA means they die before growing large enough to bite. Quote, only female mosquitoes bite for blood, which they require to mature their eggs, explains Te London Evening Standard. Quote, that's a typo alert i don't know if you got that ready is that a type alert yeah it says explains to london evening standard oh, it not should be the, the huh? london evening yeah typo Gotcha, theweek.co.uk. Uh, quote, males, by comparison, feed only on nectar and are therefore not a carrier for disease. Oxitech chief executive Gray Franzen said the plan was the result of groundbreaking work carried out by hundreds of passionate people over more than a decade in multiple countries, all of whom want to protect communities. Yet, some have questioned whether the trial, the first of its kind, is safe. Quote, with all the urgent crises facing our nation in the state of Florida, the COVID-19 pandemic, racial injustice, climate change. The administration has used 
tax dollars and government resources for a Jurassic Park <laughs> experiment. Wow. J.D. Hansen, policy director of the International Center for Technology Assessment and Center for Food Safety, told CNN, J.D., we are on the same page, J.D. Hansen. <laughs> Glad I feel a little less crazy now that uh, J.D. Hansen agrees with me. Scientists first genetically altered an animal almost half a century ago when foreign DNA was introduced to a mouse embryo in 1974. However, the development of gene editing technique called CRISPR has rapidly expanded human ability to make such modifications. Then the article goes and starts explaining CRISPR and things like that. So those of you who just a brief recap for those who uh, are maybe new to the show or don't know much about CRISPR. CRISPR is a gene editing technology which uh, uses these little crawling proteins uh, that crawl up and down the DNA and snip out pieces and uh, are able to put in new pieces. They're very interesting technology. If anything is a is an alien technology. It's CRISPR. Um, but you can look more into that on your own time. Uh, it's disadvantages. Uh, the technique raises a host of both practical and ethical dilemmas, blah, blah, blah. They end, they end the last half of the article with a, a CRISPR overview. But there you go, Gons. Jurassic Park-like experiment <laughs> in the worst possible time. And we reported on the the light beam, like laser beam CRISPR technology that we only uh-huh. have seen once. And I'm sure when that becomes more readily available, it'll be even more crazy how quickly they can genetically modify things. But yeah, um, we'll just have to ask uh, our, our buddy, Dr. Michael Heiser, if he sees any uh, genetically modified oh, yeah. mosquitoes Heiser's down there in over Florida. there now, yeah. Yeah, or True yeah. News. I think True so News is still out idea- there. I think the idea... I think the idea here is you release these male mosquitoes that are genetically modified and then they mate with the females and then the female offspring do not survive. So the idea here is that eventually you'll just kill off the entire population of mosquitoes, which I don't know how you would possibly think that that would work out for the best. I mean, look, I hate mosquitoes as much as the next next guy, but with all this attention on protecting the environment and the yeah. fragile ecosystem that is, you know, Earth, uh, purposefully extinguishing an entire species of insects sounds like uh, it can. Uh oh. Another frozen moment. I, just, I heard my computer just slow down and come to a screeching halt. All right. Let's see if we can get him back. Um, while I do this here, oh, maybe, see, maybe I can just get him back right away. Let's see. We're going to make it through this, Gons. <laughs> it's going to happen. We're going to make it through. Um, so I don't know. There you go. I was just saying, I, I can't imagine how they think they're going to get away with this without some sort of, oh, I don't know, Jurassic Park-esque disaster. <laughs> the return of some kind of, or, or some other group that, you know, and takes one of these newborn uh, mosquitoes and like saves it, gets really sentimental with it. You know, I will merge with you to, to take revenge. <laughs> and the mosquito man is born, you know. This is very, the whole thing is very, uh, eugenic you know? Yeah. It's, uh, oh, yeah. uh, it's, we should invite fewer mosquitoes people to be born. <laughs> so 
not good. Not good. Margaret Sanger really just wanted to uh, <laughs> euthanize all of the mosquitoes. Yeah. All right. We got one more quick story here that uh, goes along the lines of what we've been discussing the last few episodes. And we'll call it a show. Cue the miserable. Cue the desperate. What must I do to convince you people? You're right, Q. This is <laughs> this is vice.com. Just keep in mind, vice.com. Uh, Trump said QAnon believers who think he's fighting Satan just love our country. And uh, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> I, I just got to remember the vice angle here is really yeah. you know, ridiculous. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Hit me with it. President Trump uh, praised believers of the far out QAnon conspiracy theory who think Trump is fighting a satanic cult of pedophiles and said he really appreciates how much they like him. Never mind that the FBI recently warned in an internal memo that the movement looks like a burgeoning domestic terrorist threat and that its strange ideas could spur its members, quote, to carry out criminal or violent acts. Uh, end quote. That's the FBI document being quoted there. To Trump, right. they're just a bunch of patriotic Trump fans. Quote, I've heard these are people who love our country, Trump told the White House press room on Wednesday. I don't know much about the movement other than that I understand they like me very much, which I appreciate. <laughs> Trump hailed QAnon believers for supposedly sharing his view that cities run by Democrats have let violent crime fester and spread, even though the movement's central tenets are actually much weirder than that. Uh, quote, these are people that don't like seeing what's going on in places like Portland and places like Chicago and New York and other cities and states, Trump said. Quote, I've heard these are people that love our country and they just don't like seeing it. And then it's got a Twitter post here kind of reiterating the point. That's <laughs> article goes on. That's hardly what the QAnon movement is all about. The patchwork theory encompasses a bizarre universe of outlandish beliefs. But generally speaking, they believe Trump is battling a shadowy cabal of entrenched politicians who traffic children for occult and sexual purposes. <laughs> Trump was pressed for his view uh, of that idea on Wednesday by a reporter who asked him about the notion that he might be, quote, secretly saving the world from this satanic cult of pedophiles and cannibals. Trump was noncommittal. In fact, he used words that could easily be interpreted by QAnon believers as a sign of support for their cause. Uh, and it has the quote here, quote, well, I haven't heard that, Trump said, but is that supposed to be a bad thing or a good thing? <laughs> I know. I love that. You listen to the clip. We, we're not going to play the clip here, but they're like, what do you think about them thinking that you're saving the world from pedophiles and cannibals? He's like, is that supposed to be a bad thing? I don't understand. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. He goes on. If I, if I can help save the world from problems, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to put myself out there. And we are actually, uh, and we are actually, we're saving the world from a radical left philosophy that will destroy this country. And when this country is gone, the rest of the world would follow. I, you know, I didn't really like when he said that. And mm -hmm. when this country is gone, almost like it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, when well, this country is gone. gone? Yeah, what do you mean <laughs> what? gone? What are you talking about, Trump? <laughs> I call it the super duper missile. Incredible. Or, or he's talking about the new age, which, uh, man, I really need to get my, my jingle board is so huge now it's hard for me to find everything quickly here <laughs> it is we will launch a new age. there you go 
Maybe maybe the new age is the new America, the CAG America, keep America great. But anyway, yeah, I thought it was interesting that, um, you know, this post by Vice is actually fairly short. It's, it's kind of brief because how do you go against, you know, because if you, if you say too much in this situation, you're actually going to start, you know, turning people off or even like the Vice followers would be like, so wait, you guys are for the pedophiles and the cannibals or like what's going on here why are you you know because it could backfire on them so i think they try to keep it brief and try to make it like oh look at trump he's non-committal and also he's crazy he's uh i've heard people say that this is similar to the uh good people on both sides argument about you know the white nationalists and all that so uh increasingly i think it's becoming difficult to really uh you know uh, make it more of an issue than it really is. And I think Basil's frozen again. Are you frozen again? Yeah, he's frozen again. Hold on. Let me, let me bring him back here. This is just a horrific situation with the Skype. Hopefully I can get it worked out by next week in the next show here. Um, clicking buttons, not doing anything. There we go. Oh, now he's busy. Maybe he's trying to call me. Okay, real quick here. Noises happening. Huzzah! Hello. Hello. Oh, that didn't work. All right. Well, it's a good way to end the show. Huzzah! <laughs> I was go. just saying how this is a good way to end the show. You know, just yeah, you this is kind of dropping it's kind of out. fun. When I drop out, I just like watching the show now. <laughs> this is a pretty good show. I like watching it. Um, so yeah, there you go. No, you make a good point though. I caught it while watching the stream. Uh, yeah, the way that it's being presented with the vice readers. I didn't even know vice was still in business. I thought they yeah, went out know. of business. Yeah. So I, don't, I, don't I don't know who's keeping it going over there, but they're trying their best. Yeah. Uh, but yep, there you go. It's just, you know, it's just following the, the list of things where no matter what Trump says, you got to be able to spin it in a negative light. Cause that's just what we're paid to do. Yeah. And that's not to say that we're super Trump supporters. It's just one of those situations where, uh, the mainstream has uh, pretty much exposed themselves in this last, uh, election oh, yeah. cycle. And you know, what's interesting. I, I spoke to someone who, uh, knows someone in Homeland security uh-huh. And I didn't get any of the details. All I got was that uh, this Homeland Security person wrote a report that was supposed to be for the mainstream media to to take. And they twisted his report so much to the point where this guy was he was like appalled. He was he was completely the guy who works for Homeland Security. Um, and he was just suggesting nobody watch any mainstream news because it's just complete hogwash. Oh yeah. Well, and, uh, now that we know with the re- the reversal of the Smith Monk Act, right? That uh, you know it's completely legal for them to lie to us and the right. government to spread propaganda, and that's what the mainstream media is. And I was just surprised that this uh, Homeland Security guy wouldn't know about the Smith Monk Modernization Act, or at least you know not be aware of it, or expect something different from writing a report. Right. For the mainstream media, you know, it's like, well, of course they're going to twist things up if it's not uh, supporting a certain narrative. So, 
So that's yeah, why, that's you know, right. we, we try to read some of these outlets and sometimes people don't, I, you know, we got some comments in the last video and stuff. People like, oh, you're just a Christian version of the mainstream news, just reading the mainstream. And it's like, no, we're, 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 we're trying to get a wide. Uh, and those are, yeah. I mean, those are people who don't watch the show often. Those yeah, are people who just tuned in for a second and yeah. it's like, what? <laughs> They're not screaming and making me mad about uh, people not being conservative then they're they're the enemy. Yeah. Um so, but that's what we do. What we do here, we take the the uh, the news in all of its forms from mainstream and the not so mainstream and we dissect it, analyze it, look for uh the clues, the rhetorical clues of brainwashing and propaganda and uh we piece the puzzle pieces together into how they uh are furthering um, the, you know, a scriptural basis of what we know is going to happen, but also, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the descent into <laughs> a very problematic future that people have been, you know, prophesying or, uh, writing about, or, you know, whatever, warning us about for decades and even centuries in some cases. Yes. Our show is a, a, a in five words. Uh, this I tried to tell you that's all it is. <laughs> that's right. All right, Gons. Well, uh, I think we're a little over time, so yep. I think if we land the plane here, yep. you will be good to go, ready to go. Or okay, go folks. Out of here. Now, remember, we will be back on Monday. Monday is going to be the 24th, 23rd, 24th. I think it's the third. What's today, Friday? Yes. Yeah, today's Friday, 24th. Yeah, 21st, so... Yeah, Monday the 24th, sometime between noon and, you know, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure you turn on your notifications. Make sure you uh, make it back for next show. And thank you to all the producers, uh, the ones that thought ahead and the ones that came in at the last minute. You guys are the best. We cannot do the show without our producers. So if you, whether you've been listening to one episode or 10 episodes or 234 episodes, if you get any value of uh, out of what Gons and I do on the show here and you want to see the show continue, please consider becoming a producer. You can do that at patreon.com slash CCNT uh, or patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. Those are great ways to help produce the show. But if Patreon is uh, out of the question for you, you can head to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canary Cry Radio dot com slash support that's right and that's where you can also become a producer just doing it through paypal you can do uh, monthly subscriptions or if commitment's not your thing a one-time donation in any amount would be great um you know what we didn't do was call out the 33s i guess we had we just had a couple of 33s we did you mentioned it okay and that's a fun one if you want to join the the uh, 33 uh, producers, uh, people we've dis- <laughs> this. This was not our idea. These were producers <laughs> who organically started doing this, uh, giving $33 to help produce the show. Uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of tongue in cheek, obviously, 33 being a, a messaging number of the elites that we like to keep an eye out for. And some producers are trying to reclaim the number or just uh, mock the elite. 
elites by supporting us in the amount of $33. And if you want to do that, we will uh, we'll give you a shout out on the next show. So thank you very much. And remember, we need more art. We need more jingles. Producers, come. you can uh, become a producer in many different ways. Uh, creating some art for the show, creating uh, some jingles or some music for the show. Uh, it all makes it onto the show and we appreciate it very much. And remember, uh, I want to be reading some more reviews, ratings and reviews. Keep in mind that Gons and I read all the ratings and reviews. So not only does it help the algorithms, but it's also a great way to get a little message through to us. Let us know that you're listening. Let us know that you like the show. Um, and uh, actually it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy. So there's, uh, you know, we a lot of great reasons why to leave ratings and reviews. And it also tells the algorithms to share the show with people who have not heard it already. So we appreciate that very, very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, let's see here. Lastly, one of the best ways to spread the show is word of mouth. So you know you got friends, you got family, you got loved ones, Facebook friends, whoever they are. They're starting to wake up and realize that the world is not what it seems, not what they've been told their whole life. And they're looking for next steps. And a great way to help them is send them, just send them an episode of this show, whether it's uh, on the YouTube link or send them to the Twitch or even better, uh, go find us on your Facebook favorite podcast player and send them a podcast episode. Remember the podcast episodes, uh, they're a little bit more put together, higher sound quality, um, will usually do a, you know, try to edit out any egregious, um, you know, disruptions in the show. So it's much more palatable for a newcomer. Just grab one of those, send it to your friends, your family. We'll, we will help them down the narrow road of truth and not just conspiracy theories. Remember, we're not just here to spout whatever conspiracy theory comes across our way. We are taking the actual news, analyzing it, pulling it apart, showing, you know, what parts are exaggerated, what is propaganda, what is straight up lies, and what is being used just to create a worldview to be able to control the population. Those types of things, you know, we're not just, uh, you know, talking about crazy conspiracy theories. A lot of this is too real, <laughs> too real to handle. Uh, but we think we like to try to do it in a way that's palatable for all ages. And that's also maturity levels, whether in your faith or in your search for truth. So there you go. Thank you very much, folks. And remember, one of the best ways to uh, help your friends and help the show is to simply rattle some cages. What does that mean? You walk right up to them, you grab them by the cage, and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. 
That's right, Just Ask Noah. And good news, everybody. We are rattling cages over here on Twitch. We uh, stayed at number three Ooh. on the talk show and podcast category the entire show. So wow. that's great. And that's, again, thanks to our viewers. Wow, we're still there, too. So that's when it was, it was a good day, Guns. We made it through, buddy. Yep, yep. Hopefully right. we'll, uh, we'll have any drop issues coming up next yeah. week. We'll figure we're we'll going to that. be working fervently to fix the networking issues. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune again next time. That's Monday, the 24th, sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Be there, be square. But until then, think outside the cage. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm it. the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and The camera's on Fewer people to be born. I'll keep you warm and safe in my people too.